1: This is Irish Illustrated Insider brought to you by irishillustrated.com with Pete Sampson and Tim O'Malley. I'm Tim Priester, and we are in the final week of spring practice, the last three practices. And we finally had an opportunity to see a full practice, and it's always very, very enlightening. And we'll have another one coming up uh, this week, obviously, with the blue goal game, which I really think is less enlightening, you know, than a, than a normal practice. Because even Brian Kelly talked about the other day about... You know, how are they going to split guys up? And if you start splitting guys up along the offensive line, even the defensive line, you lose some of the continuity. But uh, anyway, we finally had an opportunity to see some action. And um, I mean, it was good. It was enlightening. What'd you guys think?
2: Yeah, it's, I mean, you see one versus ones at, at the highest level, whereas the blue gold games are splitting guys up. Right. You know, there's, it's kind yeah. of like it's a last day of school vibe. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's like. Good point. You never go into the last day of school and be like, wow, that was a, that was a great class. Really, really enjoyed what I learned there. It's like let's get this over with. Um, you know, guys, offensively that really impressed me. The offensive line was difficult for me to to pick much out of, but um, Dexter Williams, I hadn't really seen a whole lot from during spring ball, and certainly not last year. Uh, he, he was real impressive to me um, as a probably your third back, Corey Holmes. He's a believe-it-when-I-see-it guy, but you're seeing it more now. And, you know, Torrey Hunter, you I know, felt good about him, but, um, you know, he's, he showed up really well. Defensively, Isaac Rochelle, Niles Morgan, Sean Crawford, all were guys that uh, were pretty impressive to me. So it's uh, – I thought defensively I came away from Saturday feeling much better
0: about that unit overall than I was going into it. So that, that was probably the biggest thing for me. Yeah, I think for the whole – session, not surprisingly, the whole spring we've seen so far. Quentin Nelson, Sean Crawford, and Mike McGlinchey are three guys I think of that just continually make plays. Dexter Williams is a great point because he said third running back, and he, he will enter as a third running back. That's huge in Notre Dame's offense under Brian Kelly, the third running back, when he has some talent. Because, first of all, one or the two is going to get banged up in front of him. It's yeah. just the nature of the beast. And he brings something different. He has, he has really good football speed, too. You can tell it's not uh, track speed. I think... I think Corey Holmes is starting to find that football speed. We saw a couple plays where he was running by Redfield and a couple other people. And the touchdown, he caught that crossing route, and you could just see how much faster he was than the guys chasing him. And he let you know when he waved to them, mm-hmm. when he ran by. Um, yeah, he's a believer when you see it, but, you know, he's got to have his chance. That that slot's uh, position is going to be his to lose because C.J. Sanders can't compete with him until August.
1: Yeah, and, and Chris Fink isn't going to beat him out. But he no. could be somebody that be, could be oh, at that for sure, position yeah. with you know who knows what they're going to do with Claypool. I know he doesn't fit the dimensions per se, but he'll he's athletic to, enough. To to, it, you know, yeah, I mean yeah. he's athletic enough to play it. I mean Torrey Hunter's doing it. He's doing a Will Fuller imitation yeah. out there on yeah. Saturday. He's beating everybody deep, and I don't. I'm a little surprised by that. Aren't, aren't you guys? I mean, I, I didn't think that he had that speed coming out of high school, and in, and and he you know had the broken leg, but uh, you know really impressive to see him emerge like that. And I think that's I think that's legit. You know that's one I believe. I think he might be just a better
0: foot when he's beating the guys deep. He might just be a better football player right now than Nick Coleman and Cole Lugar. That,
1: that could be. There is a flip side to yeah, it. It's there a is. secondary.
0: got beat deep yeah. frequently yeah, I, on Saturday. I
2: think when you're looking at Hunter, like, how much am I believing this? How much is I not? I, I think it's important to remember the coaching staff loves him. Like, mm-hmm. he is one of, like, the coach's favorite players. So you're going to get every opportunity. And when you've already built up trust before you've done a whole lot, like, there, there is a huge springboard for him this fall. But he's run by people. I mean, the I mean, coaches can't yeah. do that for him. Yeah, the yeah. Coach, I'm just saying, like, they're going to find every way to yeah. maximize his ability and move him around because they trust him. Um, it's well, not like he's not one And it looks like it because he's playing he's playing with confidence. I yeah. mean, he's, oh, he's yeah. catching
1: everything thrown in his direction. I, you know, I also think, and I know Alex Bars has had to go up against Isaac Rochelle. When you talk about people you trust, Isaac Rochelle is certainly on that list. Yeah. I'm putting Sean Crawford in there, even though he hasn't played it down yet. I, <laughs> I, I think mean, we I, all do. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. I think that he's that kind of talent. But I think I really like Alex Bars a lot. I mean, I just uh, his technique, his his size, his footwork. He's an athlete. We talked about it the other day, Pete. I mean, he's a, he's a damn big one, but he is an athlete, and I really like what they have at the at the two tackle spots. I think the right guard spot is up in the air. Yes, and I, I, you know, this is maybe this is my personality. I don't believe it. I, other than Rochelle and Crawford on the defensive side of the ball, I don't believe anything that I see. I, I, mean, I, really, I really don't. I uh, Tranquil in the position. Tra- okay, try, seen I, I agree. And I don't strong safety. in the box safety yeah, position. In, yes. in the sub package, Absolutely. I believe everything yeah. about Tranquil. Uh, but, you know, I mean, we talk about Trombetti in the pass rush. What about defending the run? I mean, that, that he is totally unproven as a as an every-down run stopper. Uh, Jerron Jones isn't back to where he was, he, he just is I think Cage no.
0: looks better right now, would you agree? Than Jeron Jones? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I
2: th- I just think the high end for Jeron Jones, he'll make spectacular plays oh, yeah. that Daniel Cage is not athletic enough to make, um, but he doesn't make them consistently. You know, you're not going to get Florida State, Jeron Jones every
1: game. No. no. Notre Dame needs for- Florida yeah. State, Jeron Jones every game. Well, and, and, the, and the one area where I, re- I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't believe at all is defensive tackle. I mean, are you kidding me? They, they, Sheldon Day's gone. Mm-hmm. Jerry Tillery doesn't ever look motivated to me on the practice field, which is where you have to establish yourself as a player. And they move and Jay Hayes it, out of it. And they move Jay Hayes yeah. out of it, and behind him. they have Elijah Taylor and Micah Dutredway. I mean, how wh- – I, and I don't know Khalid Kareem. <laughs> I don't know if Khalid Kareem is big enough and strong enough to play that position, but don't you have to look at him there as opposed to him being the third big end where he's never going to get on the field right. unless – you know, something really Yeah, I mean he was a sub package with the twos on Saturday.
2: Um, you know, he seems like kind of a Jay Hayes. Where type where player. was he positioned in the sub so, package? Where Jay Hayes was playing Okay, so Russian? Um, rush end the, Yeah a, yeah, uh, yeah a rush end spot. Um I I like defensive tackle I think more than you just I think it's an ascending position. I think it still has a ways to go. Um but I you know Daniel Cage looks pretty good right now. Um I think Elijah Taylor as a quick 3 technique could be an effective 10 snap guy this year. Um I know he's doing it against Trevor Ruland uh who's you know a lower level offensive guard on this team right now but I mean he just blew you just blew by him yeah. on Saturday. So th- there's I guess my point is there's some pass rush ability with him, um, some quickness.
1: There's not there's not an every down defensive tackle. It's gonna right be, now. I, I mean they they need they need Jerry Tillery yeah. to yeah. to really Start emerging, and and I just don't, it, I just don't see it right now. He's
0: probably got to ask about Friday when we talk to Kelly in the spring wrap up, wrap up because one year ago today, Jerry Tillery had reinvented the wheel, according to Brian Kelly, as the incoming early enrollee nose yeah, tackle. The so, new bright yeah. and shiny guy, right. You so know, it's, like, it's good to get an update though. Now that they need him to be more than that, you, you know, know. And, no and I, no I think,
1: I mean, not, I, certainly what we saw from Niles Morgan is very encouraging. But that's a you know, believe it when you see it on game day Saturday. No. No, you know, no offense to him. I mean, he's he looks like he's playing well. He's sudden. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he is quick. He's quick and he's covering a lot of ground. That's all real real positive, but I, I the back end of the defense, I mean, you gonna Devin you're going to go you're going to go to war with a with a true freshman free safety going into the first game. If not, you're going with Max Redfield who hasn't ever played well, okay, but hasn't ever played with any level of consistency so I'm kind of rambling on and on here a little bit but I, I just you know I just that, that that's just an area that they, they, they weren't any good last year they yeah. lost all these great pair, players and I and I, I agree with what you said on Saturday because when I look out there I see okay that individual that individual mm-hmm. that individual I don't see a team defense right now
2: yeah well I think I look at it from the perspective of when I went out to the first spring practice a month and a half ago, it seems like, and I looked at that defense, I was like, "Whoa, you dropped these? Is, you dropped the seven and five? Didn't yeah, you? <laughs> this is this does not look good to yeah. me at all." And then when I saw the defense last week, and I was like, "Okay, you know, Niles Morgan is running with Durham Smythe forty yards down the field on one play. The next play, he's wiping out Corey Holmes as a slot receiver, like." Legitimately covering him, kind of something like Jalen Smith would do, and then he's blowing up Brandon Wimbush in the backfield. That was not something we've ever seen from him. So I'm sort of looking at Niles Morgan in a new light now. And when you're like, oh wait, they have a really athletic middle linebacker. How and it, you know the topic on last week's podcast, one of the questions was how can the defense be better? Well, if your middle linebacker can blitz and cover, and Joe Schmidt was really good at lining people up, but like once once the the ball got snapped. He wasn't going to make sort of these out-of-position plays. Niles Morgan can do that. I just, I like the defense more now than I did a month ago. Um, well, and which that's is, good. Which that, is, I mean, that's about all you can play. ask for, Maybe right? a backhand compliment, maybe not. But my, I, I just think there's some there's some pieces there that maybe I didn't like as much a
1: month ago. My concern I there, I mean, just that specific example is, my concern there is Jerry Tiller is replacing Sheldon Day. Sheldon Day's creasing, oh yeah, creasing the, the offensive line all the time. Jerry Tiller, he doesn't do that. He gets stood up. And now no matter how, how well positioned now is Morgan is, he can't make the same play yeah. because the guy in front of him is not nearly as effective. Maybe I'm being a little pessimistic today. No, I think, yeah, I mean, that's true. You, you, you seem to. Uh... <laughs> I've
0: had a good day you, up you, to this point. Really. Should. We <laughs> shouldn't give Tim practice observations anymore. He has yeah. to watch too much you know, <laughs> in practice. <They're> there. <laughs> oh Speaking of practice, they have an extra day to practice for the Texas game. Yeah, be good. they do. Yeah. They do, and that one kind of came out of
1: that one kind of came out of nowhere and made us all scramble to make travel changes that all cost us. Yeah. Uh, we, we're sending the bill to some, more, some, some more than others, some right, more than more. others. Yeah, uh, but yeah,
2: it's, it's, maybe that's what my mood's about. <laughs> it has Something to do with how
0: bad the defensive tackles are. <laughs>
2: yeah, so Notre Dame opens up Sunday night uh, in Austin, Texas, and. You know, we're, look, we're all guilty of this to some degree. We look at this from the, the, the Notre Dame-only
1: perspective, where it's like,
2: how could you possibly move Notre Dame-Texas? Yeah, it is
1: not, it's not a Notre Dame home game. It, it is yeah. an away game. It, so they... Yeah,
2: we all look at this from the Notre Dame <laughs> bubble perspective only. And that, but then when you start to look at the, the schedule and the games that you... This would be a weekend where you'd be like, man, I hope Notre Dame plays at noon so I can watch these other games. Because the other games on that Saturday night, or Saturday at least, are Alabama, USC, Houston, Oklahoma, LSU, Wisconsin, Clemson at Auburn, UCLA at Texas A and M, Georgia, North Carolina, and then Ole Miss, Florida State, Alabama, uh, USC. Somebody incredible? was incredible. Somebody was moving to Sunday, <laughs> yeah. uh, and I, you know, from a viewer's perspective, not a travel perspective. It's good that it was yeah. Notre Dame because. There's a
0: lot of really good football that we were not going to be able to watch on that Saturday. That just round. sounds good, Alabama-USC. I yeah. know it's a mismatch, but it does sound good. that's Who would have thought Notre Dame-Texas could be this... Number two in story programs well, playing that
1: day again. If you you listen to Notre Dame's release, you think Notre Dame, Texas, is the premier no. game of the weekend, but it, it's an intriguing game. But though. no, I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, there's no doubt. And and Pete, you said before, I mean, TV TV dictates everything. Man. Yeah, they run the show, and I and 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 I, and I. It's probably to a large extent beyond the control of of the universities, but yes, uh, conti- You know, Brian Kelly's <laughs> plea continues to fall upon deaf ears because Notre Dame. I, I, First of all, they lose a day in preparation for Nevada. And when they come out sluggish against Nevada, you know, you're going to say, what's wrong with them today? Well, they've had one less day of preparation and they played, you know, at night, and then had to travel back that late that night or the next day. But it's, that's just, I mean, no, nobody's listening to Brian Kelly in no, it. There's nothing it's, that he can do about it.
2: 2012, going over to Ireland to play Navy, and then you come back and open against Purdue they yeah. are like, man, is Purdue really good this year? This might be a really up <laughs> Purdue team under Danny Hope. And they finished six and seven,
1: so <laughs> but they played well that day, and, right. you know, and I mean, and because jo- well, he, Kwan Short because is maybe a, one team yeah. exactly. internationally. right?
2: Exactly, Kwan Short is and, the yeah. reason
0: they played well, yeah, right. and he's good. Yeah. But that was he was right. throwing offensive linemen around like it was. Uh, <laughs> Brian
1: Pauline is certainly capable of getting, in his third year at Nevada. He's certainly capable of having his team prepared to play a good game against Notre Dame. So. Who was it that? I mean that that the the best line from oh, that yeah. is Port N D on the board, right? Take Nevada in the points. Take Nevada. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, yeah. The points that's the best is, call. Is, is How many points? Lesson. I don't care. I Take don't I don't care. care.
0: Take
2: it it Nevada. Uh, and I guess let's just wrap up segment on Blue Gold preview. Um,
0: anybody in particular you want to see? Deshaun Kaiser Malik Zaire opposite okay. each other. I like that. I think it's great that they're doing that. Yeah. I think it's so important that they go against each other as teams for one half make them live for at least a quarter and i think the first string offensive line is the only unit that should play for both teams in the first half. okay, just, if they do that, but, that, the but, second but, ha- but oh, will.
1: you're putting them at you're putting them at a little bit of risk of just first half only. And then the whole second half is the backup offensive line. Yeah, but no no offensive Wimbush. no offensive line can play every series
0: for an entire half. I mean, didn't they when they played offense versus defense last year? I guess you'd sub in some linemen. Yeah. Yeah, you could sub in your sixth lineman like McGovern and Hodge and give them a break. You give him yeah. a chance.
2: Yeah. Go for go for a quarter and a yeah. half. As hard maybe. as you can. Yeah. And then yeah. just give me one one I if I could get 25 plays of one versus one quality line yeah. play and then, you know, maybe Thirteen plays of Kaiser and twelve plays of Zaire. I would consider that. Yeah, I'd shoot a for. A qu- I mean, if you did, I'd, I'd yeah. shoot
1: for a quarter. I'd be happy with a, As a coach, I would be happy with a quarter of one versus ones. They both then, get a couple possessions, and you see, and yeah, yeah, you know, the, yeah. you know, they let the clock run in the second half. Right. You know, I mean, you know how I've been to eighty-seven. I've been to one hundred and seven <laughs> Notre Dame spring games, and I mean, in the coaching staff, I couldn't even keep track there for a second. The coaching staff—they just can't wait till the day's over. You know, I mean, that's just. Yeah, I think ever because they're uncomfortable. First of all, they're uncomfortable doing all this yeah. stuff in front of a crowd when they're they're do, not ready do to do pen, it.
0: Do your pen move for the second half? Was what? it Lou Samogi, your old partner, his, but during a spring game when he puts the pen down? That was originally. His, yeah, was that,
1: originally yeah no, you? that was, was origin, that originally. No, it was originally L. Lessa from when the two teams add up to more than what. Six or five, yeah. you just put the pen yeah. down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Because if it's third team versus fourth team,
2: it's not really important. You're, you're writing during the second half. No. Yeah. You can watch the tape later yeah. to see how, you know, John Montalus on the defensive line performed <laughs> against Jimmy Burns. Yeah,
1: and it just it, it, with regard to the blue-goal game, and yeah. I know that, you know, fans want to come to the game and they want to see this and they want all these great revelations. There's more revealed last Saturday. Yes. Yeah. When you know when we had an opportunity to see two hours of you know mo- a lot of one versus ones, then you're going to see on Saturday. That that's just the nature of the game, and I think coaching staffs are uncomfortable. They, they don't want to be in front of a crowd in April. They they want to keep everything under wraps. So um, blue goal game MVP, offense defense. Dexter Williams. Dexter, I think that's yeah. a good call. I okay. do think that's a good call. And defense. Uh, let's see. What, what backup linebacker? Asmar Bilal is going to make a second mm. half interception and he's going to take it to the house. Nice. Okay. I'll go with Devin Stud still a portent
0: of things to come. All right. I'll, Hopefully. I'll,
1: I'll go uh, Sean Crawford on defense and then.
0: Six then. first quarter interceptions. They explain that well at this point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, mean, you know, I got more of a,
2: a, a chalk Sean Crawford, Torrey Hunter combination. Um, so I think Torrey Hunter is probably going to have a bunch of catches. Yeah, they don't have a lot done. of receivers to put yeah. out there. But I mean, who could forget, you know? How great Deshaun Kaiser was in this Bull goal game last year and how that portended the season that That's he really had. Funny. Johnny um, Williams with two sacks. Yeah, yeah. got uh, or Max Redfield was great. Yeah, that interception. Uh, you know, Everett Golson Malik Zayer got along great.
0: Uh, <laughs> Justin you know. Grant was a wide receiver that scored a touchdown. Yeah.
2: So there's yeah, there's all sorts of stuff that happens yeah. in the bull goal game that doesn't really mean much in the fall. So i will be curious to see what uh, what storyline we really glom on to that then dries up in September. But uh, <laughs> the, if you're going to the Bluegill game or watching the Bluegill game, really pay attention for the first quarter. That's what's going to be revealing, if anything is. Um, but after that, uh, hopefully, you're enjoying some nice weather
0: um, in the state. It is yeah. supposed, yeah. To, be supposed nice. to be very nice. Be good. Yeah. We'll be we'll be outside. Yeah, yeah. supposed to right. be like There's no uh, press box. Yeah.
1: Upper upper 60s uh, on Saturdays is our we'll projection. We'll take it.
2: Well, that's it for segment one on Irish Illustrated Insider. We got segment two, questions from our readers next.
0: Welcome back to segment two of Irish Illustrated Insider, burning up the boards. We start with a quarterback question, fittingly, for uh, the last week of spring ball. Irish from AZ, QB play was the most effective and efficient it has ever been under Kelly last year, and that was with the freshman quarterback in Kaiser who looked very underwhelming in the spring. What do you attribute to the improved production? Was it the coaching of Mike Sanford, or is Kaiser that much more talented than the other QBs Kelly has had?
2: I think Mike Sanford gets a lot of credit. Um, I I think he's got a great way of communicating and teaching. Um, I also think Notre Dame gets some credit for investing in in understanding how these kids learn, because Malik Zaire learned a lot different from Deshaun Kaiser, and they knew that, and so when Zaire got hurt, they didn't have to fumble through three weeks of like, okay, how do I get this message across to Deshaun Kaiser? He's just not quite taking it. They knew before that. Before Malik Zaire's ankle broke, they knew okay, this is how Deshaun Kaiser learns best, and he was ready to go. Um, you know, I think. But Brian Kelly also gets a ton of credit. Um, Twenty-five and four. You throw in the Virginia game last year as a, as a start for Kaiser with redshirt freshman quarterbacks or or freshman quarterbacks. So mm-hmm. that's Tommy Reese uh, all the way back when he went four uh, zero. Everett Golson during the BCS national championship game run. Kaiser last year. Zaire against. Uh, LSU in the Music City Bowl, when Brian Kelly has sort of been dealt a, a bad hand or a young hand at quarterback, he's been amazing at Notre Dame. Um, so, you know, I, I think you credit him and Mike Sanford, and you got to credit
1: Deshaun Kaiser as well. Yeah, for that's what I was gonna say. I mean, for Deshaun Kaiser being such a m- mature kid and being able to handle the situation, I credit the offensive line for being a good pass blocking offensive yeah. line. I credit yeah. Will Fuller for being great and making it. Easy. You know, I, when I, whenever I hear questions like this, I I go back to coach speak and it's, and that is, it's never one thing. It's a, it's a compilation of all these things and, and it all worked very well. But I, I mean, I think, I mean, clearly there's a reason why Mike Sanford is as coveted as he is nationally and why he's at Notre Dame. Notre Dame wanted him badly. He's an excellent coach. Yeah, but, I mean, I think first and foremost, you give the credit to Kaiser to being able to handle this situation. Yeah, and somewhere along the way we have to add the just the
0: work of Kaiser, Sanford, Kelly, and whoever else is involved because from week sort of start one to start four, Kaiser got rid of what they admitted was a problem in his throwing mechanics in motion. were right. was it the Georgia Tech mm-hmm. game, a few throws, yeah. just bouncing two yards yeah. in front of the receiver. You didn't see that the rest of the year. They were able to self-correct in season a major mechanical
1: flaw of a what they were referring to, because of the way the flaw was a too tall quarterback. The other thing was it's, they were—I mean—they were, I mean, they were a, a real quality running football team. Yeah. I mean, from the standpoint, you had a freshman back averaging seven point one, size was six point six. All of these things yeah. add add up to to real uh, productivity for a young quarterback.
2: Yeah, no question. All right, next up ODB forty five. Corey Holmes has been receiving a lot of hype this spring, but in two years he's done nothing when it actually counts. Do you think his hype is warranted, and is he actually turned the corner and making significant contributions this I fall? I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, but a lot of, a lot of guys going into this season have done nothing that actually counts for this team because it's a young. T- this is a, that's true. This is a turnaround team. Yeah. It, last year, two thousand fourteen w- was continued in two thousand fifteen. The development of fourteen yes. went to fifteen. This is a reload. So there's a lot of guys. Equinemius St Brown, you said beforehand, there's been a lot written about him. He has one catch. He's not getting you know, heavily mean, involved. Corey Holmes
2: redshirted last yeah, year.
0: Yeah, Corey Holmes redshirted last year because he got passed by two freshmen. Yeah,
2: and, and, and like, and it's a redshirt that nobody noticed. We were going all. We were talking about Jay Hayes yeah. and his potential redshirt every, every week. week. <laughs> yeah. Corey Holmes, we. Is he on the team? I don't. I mean, right, nobody he knew. Figured, he just figured he, wasn't he was not playing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but the but the coaching staff had made a decision to like actively not play him. By the time
1: you got to UMass in the 4th yeah. week, you that, then I think we started, okay, he didn't play, now it's purposeful and, and they're yeah. trying to preserve. But it. I he does look good. Um
0: he seems to be harnessing that speed a little he has. He has we haven't seen drops that were indicative of he's going to have an issue with right. it. I'm, I'm sure everybody gets a drop once in a while when we mm-hmm. see in practice, but no I, I would expect Corey Holmes to make some type of impact this year. I think he'll make some big plays. I don't think he'll be
1: one of their three leading pass catchers. If you're going by receptions, how's that but yeah, he can make some I big mean, plays. We just don't. I mean, when you see C.J. Sanders out there right now, it's it's difficult to envision him right. running around in the fall That's because why he looks so debilitated yeah. at this point. And you know, Chris Fink, we talked about him. Uh, I mean, he's a, he's a walk on. He's he would compliment Holmes in the slot. yeah. I mean, yeah. I think the yeah. I think the slot position is you know if you can if you can beat a linebacker off the line of scrimmage, you yeah. got a pretty good chance to be successful. I think we
0: know. We, no, we we really believe Torrey Hunter is clearly going to lead the team. In, a healthy Torrey Hunter is going to lead the team in yards, receptions, and receiving touchdowns. And then your guy, we talked about a little. I've been writing about him today. You talked about it. Yeah, I think that's Alize one. Alizé Jones might be. I think that's one of one number, a. i I not going to be the number two receiver yeah. next year. Yeah.
2: Well, okay, so Corey Holmes, 27 catches, 450 yards, four touchdowns. You Would you buy that yeah. as a, a season production for I don't know that
1: I would buy the yardage, but the number Receptions, okay. so, yeah.
2: So, uh, an important part of the offense who probably made a few, yeah, critical it, plays.
1: And, and if it's not him, it's going to have to be a freshman. To put a finer point on it, twenty-three
0: catches from Amir Carlisle from the slot last year. Thirty, thirty from thirty. Well, uh, Tory Hunter has thirty-seven career. So Tory Hunter had about, I guess, thirty-five last year. Yeah. So that's what you're looking at, somewhere in between Carlisle, yeah, say and say A, yeah. a Tory
1: Hunter junior year for Corey Holmes. That would be great if that worked out that way. Uh, just get him on track you know yeah, I mean after yeah. two years he was off the track and, and he goes into this year with three years of eligibility it gives him a lot of time. To, Someone with no to catches evolve. has to have a good year, a decent year this year yeah. for Notre Dame out of Boykin,
0: Equinemius, St. Brown's one catch and Re- Corey Holmes. You know we haven't really. Durham Smythe
1: has four. Somebody we really haven't talked here. about Boykin and I I mean I thought he stood out yeah. on Saturday. He is a you know, he's another one of those, he's like Jones. He's even longer than Jones, though. He's one of those wide receiver slash tight end combinations. And when he, you know, when that length is running a crossing route. Yeah, he runs a lot of inside
0: routes, he too. He does.
1: When he's running a crossing route, he's difficult for, for people to stay up with. So, I mean, it's encouraging. I, I just, that yeah. jumping on board before they've done anything is is always yeah. difficult for I, me to do. I just want
2: to interject before we move on to the next question about Corey Robinson. So, we probably should address this in segment one. But the concussion... Meeting with a specialist tomorrow, um, and talking and talking to somebody close to him, he echoed what Brian Kelly said that he's meeting with a specialist because he wants to come back and play, um, but he's you know kind of down on the dumps right now about mm-hmm. it. Um, he's very frustrated and just kind of beaten up yeah. a little bit about that. I mean, he wasn't. Did
1: did anybody see him on Saturday? I didn't. Even I didn't see him. Was a, see no, him I was on, on Saturday. See him so there. When, yeah.
2: I don't know if the specialist is. In San Antonio, oh, it could be. Right. You know, I would assume that's probably where it. There, there's no reason that it would have to be local. Yeah, no. um, so we'll see what happens with there. But it, but if he's if he's taken out of the receiving rotation, what O'Malley is saying is actually right. You're gonna have to a bunch of people with yeah know, no
0: catches yeah. suddenly account for 150. It's Torrey Hunter has 37 career, and then I,
1: if without Robinson, Durham Smith has four. Yeah. I still think whether you have Corey Robinson or not, I still think LSA Jones needs to play the W at least on a part-time basis. He just I, I think to that's, a, he good, I think move that's a good. I think that's a good move him around one. and get him involved in. He metrics. liked Kelly's comment the other day about you can't have him in a rotation yeah. with three. And I, I, I mean, I, I echo that. I think that's a great idea. Did
0: either of you sort of take that as he was the he would have been the number three tight end? I think he was saying that he's what you pointed out last year, both of you on film. He's not going to be a tight end that can play every down because he can't block yet. And you need a guy that can block in this offense, so you can't yeah. have him rotating. He would have to
1: rotate. You might as well get him out there more. Right? Well, you might as well put him in a wide-out yeah, position as opposed to asking job. him to yeah, be a blocker. He can't win
0: the job at tight end if he can't be an in blocker. So no, he, I didn't interpret it that okay. way. I just think I, he would I, be behind Smythe and and then you rotate in Wisher once in a while, so it's like there's a three-man rotation. Yeah, he was a backup tight end and could be a starting receiver. Right. I guess that's where you can look at it.
1: Question from Irish Bob. I keep hearing that Brian Van Gorder's defense is likable and learnable. Could you explain which part is likable and which part is learnable? I find it lovable. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm going to let O'Malley take this one. Yeah, thank
0: you. Um, It's likable if you're a football lifer that loves to learn about difficult defenses. No, listen, you, you brought something up with Sean Crawford. You talked to Sean Crawford. And who is
1: a, who is a, Who comes off as a very bright and studious kid.
0: Yes, and he described the defense and all his responsibilities, and it was difficult to transcribe it was so long. So that's tough, but now listen. As Pete pointed out pre-podcast, Sean Crawford won that job in four days. Joe Schmidt was not able to be taken off of a football field with Brian Vagorder's no. defense after two weeks of spring. You can learn it. It is possible to learn it. Devin still took over for Max Redfield in a minute and a half. Yeah, but so but you are, you're citing exceptions to the rule. I am, but I, you know, this, and now listen, the weird thing is Niles Morgan to me, because Niles Morgan, to us, when we interviewed him, could not have been more studious and uh, want to learn. Sure and could. all Brian Kelly talked about mm. was how much Niles Morgan wants to learn. He's a smart kid. His dad's a linebacker. He's a football lifer. And it's taken him three years. So there's exceptions. It seems like it's tough for most people to learn this defense, which makes it unlikable and unlearnable. Yeah, difficult well, to learn. And,
2: and like, I mean, the way I asked Brian Kelly about Morgan on on Saturday, and you know, my question was basically, like, "Wow, he was great on set. He was great in his yeah. practice. It Was this more exception, more rule?" Uh, and he took it as like, you know, it's it's interesting you ask about that because all I hear about is how Brian Van Gorder's defense is so complicated. Um, so, I mean, there's definitely this is hit a nerve, I think, inside the Goog. And look. It, pretty much every question that Brian Mcgorry it's gets that, asked is, 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 not, the sub, no, is the subtext of, like, defense is really bad. How do you make it not
0: Yeah, bad? do you want us to just learn, instead of saying it's complicated, is yeah. how come they give up so many touchdowns all the time? Yeah, yeah. that's so the other it's way of like, saying it. Why right?
1: are you giving up huge plays and 70-yard and and drives yeah, so it was, four times a game? It was neither likable nor learnable last
2: year. Right. Um, nor the year before. So they, they need to make some changes to it because <clears> if you had – you could put Joe Schmidt's head on Everybody. everybody's yeah. body, that'd be great. But that's just, it doesn't work that way. So, Next up, Irish Boo. Any chance next year that Max Redfield gets snap at free and strong safety?
1: I'm not sure how the question's being asked. I mean, at, at both positions? I think he's or, asking, is he going to play? Is he going to play at all? He's going to play. He's going to play. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know exactly what's going on right now. Is he a little bit banged up? I think that might be part of it. Is there a lesson being taught here in light of the behavior in Arizona, that could be a part of it. I don't I don't really, uh, Devin Studd still being a quick learn, that's certainly, this is like going back to the other question, it's never one thing. Um, but he, he's too experienced right, for that. them to just throw him aside. You would like to see him make a few, a few more difference-making plays, yeah. which doesn't happen very often, but I don't think that he's been cast aside yet. No, I,
0: if it is being asked, both, I don't think so. I don't think he's a strong safety But maybe they're wondering if Tranquil will get hurt. If Tranquil's, you know, I think maybe they're wondering if if, maybe it's saying Stud still could start at free. Would Redfield be involved anyway? I don't think he's a strong safety. No,
2: no, because he's not a he's not a physical right player. He's a free safety, hitting you. But if he only had to
1: do if he only had to do one of the two, and that's play the run predominantly as opposed Mm -hmm. to play the pass, maybe he would be. I I don't know. No, I don't think that it's not an
2: option. It's not an option. I think he has to be a free safety. Uh, I think if they could, if he had the traits to be a strong safety, I think they would totally would cross-train yeah. him there because strong safety is a bad position right now. That, I mean, that might be one of the weakest spots on the team of anywhere. I like Drew Tranquil a lot. He has torn his ACL each of the last two years, and coverage is a little bit of an issue, and what they have behind him is is a little bit frightening. But... I just don't. I don't think Redfield is built to
0: play I, that I, no, I agree. I mean, I agree. It's, I, a, it's
1: a. It's a. They're in a very difficult situation at safety right now. We'll they have, have been. They still are.
0: We'll have to revisit this a lot. But I think Max Redfield will be the starting free safety when they take on Texas in prime I think time it's on a Sunday. Right? Okay. It is a lock because you can't. Unless studs, as I said, unless studs told Bobby Taylor and yeah, I mean, Burris because when, you can't. It's too hard to go out there. When and do we that. watched the scrimmage on Saturday, Max Red at, in we're talking about the eleven
2: on eleven stuff at the yeah. end. Max Redfield was running with the ones. So. But
1: so was Avery Sebastian. Stud still did get hurt in that practice, though, too.
0: One thing, we're not yeah. sure. Like, you remember he hurt his knee. He came back, but he was yeah. running it off and everything and I, like that. I mean, so. I,
1: when Redfield was in, Sebastian was in, right? Not all the time. Okay, okay. He was with Tranquil sometimes. <clears throat> so it's still a bit of rotation. The blue goal game will make it all clear to us. <laughs> yeah, right. The blue goal game will only scramble things further. Irish Nebass. Uh, it's been reported that Jacob Matuska is starting to look more comfortable at tight end with dropping the weight. Do you think he make any impact at the tight end this season.
2: Uh, an impact, yes, uh, but no more impact than Chase Hansel made last year, which is a, a role player. You know, yeah. is, is your is your third slash fourth tight end two tight end sets blocking a lot? You know, Pips. in the what they call it, the blue zone yeah. inside inside your own ten yard line, um, that think, kind of stuff. I think he could play as much of a role as Lua Tua did. Uh, maybe it's I, I don't know. Tim, is it breaking news?
0: Oh my gosh! Yeah, no, not okay. really.
2: It was kind of unnecessary. But okay. That's too bad. Um, <laughs> maybe, yeah, because they don't have a Lua Tua, so somebody has to play. Right. That role. I mean, I, and... but but it's like I think those are sort of the same roles, right?
1: Yeah. Like, yeah. Lua Tua and Hounshell played the same role. Yeah, but, role. Lua, yeah, Tua but, wasn't but Lua Tua played more. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, I, they counted on yeah. him being more of a significant blocker. As the season went on, Hounsel played more. Yeah. Um, can he be better block? Can he be more consistent blocker? I than Lua think he can Hounsul? because yeah. he has better feet. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think he that's can what, because comes he comes down, has yeah. better feet. I, I didn't I didn't think Lua played very well last year. Yeah. Uh, I in didn't some either. critical situations. Yeah. I, I think Matuska is a better athlete and so that gives him a chance to do that. Not not catching the ball and I mean forget about that. You've got you I mean you've got yeah. Jones who no, might be the best your third best tight end's got great hands. Nick yeah. Wisher couldn't make it impact. Yeah, yeah, defense. yeah. You've got pass catchers there. They need a guy that can that can inline block and can get out in space a little bit too, which I, you know, I mean, they like to go, they want to run wide. You need a big body to to block out there. I think he's much. I think he's better equipped. I don't want to say much better. But he, I think he's better equipped than Lua Two is.
2: Yeah, I, I, it's a, it'll be a role. He'll be a role yeah. player. Yeah, um, You know, and look, if Durham Smythe messes up his knee or his shoulder in the opener then all this goes out the window. But I think in an ideal situation, he's a guy who can help you in some real specific situations, and that's great because you need that kind of player. You're right. All right, well, that's it for segment two on Irish Illustrated Insider. We'll come back to talk recruiting, preview some of the guys visiting this weekend, a bit of a smaller list, and also talk a little bit about some of the NCAA rule changes, satellite camps, texting, etc. So we'll wrap up Irish Illustrated Insider on segment three coming up.
1: third and final segment of Irish Illustrated Insider brought to you by irishillustrated.com is our recruiting news and I guess before we get into some names like we always do Pete um major rule changes here this week all of a sudden we heard about the satellite camps those are no longer allowed I wonder why yeah yeah Jim
2: the Jim Harbaugh rule which is uh I think similar to the Charlie Weiss rule 10 years ago and you know, People who haven't been listening to this podcast for a decade. Uh, when Weiss came in, he got a little aggressive on the recruiting trail. At that point, during the spring evaluation period, head coaches could get out on the road, visit schools. Very few did. Charlie Weiss and Urban Meyer were two exceptions to that. Uh, and it got a lot of publicity for Notre Dame. And then, lo and behold, about a year and a half later, uh, it was banned. And now head coaches can't visit. And it was, it was one of those things where... I think the coaches who didn't – head coaches who didn't want to invest that kind of time because they got a million other things they want to do didn't want to feel like they were falling behind. And I think ultimately head coaches and coaching staffs, particularly in the SEC where there's a little bit more of a territorial uh, defense of this, said, we don't want you coming down here and we don't want to – we don't want the inverse to be put on us where the Alabama coaching staff is running a camp in Detroit – Right. Um, so the rare satellite camps have gone away. The impact on Notre Dame is basically nothing. Brian Kelly was asked about it on Saturday. Uh, and it was for a guy who's basically prepared with an answer for everything. It was one of the things where you're well, like, the question his response was, was like, uh, not that big a deal. I don't know. Yeah. Or, I mean, I think he was prepared non-plus. more to
1: talk specifically about satellite camps and a question, uh, it was also it was, about the texting. Right, you know? yeah, right, and he he wasn't in a situation to do that. You made a you made a point uh, that not all satellite camps are created equal, yeah. and and I think that you know what what Harbaugh did. That's where you know people have uh, take offense to that, but there are other camps out there now that are beneficial to the marginal yeah player that it, like, will right. I mean, we've like there's the the
2: opening regional camps and the rivals camps. That's independent of this. Those are still happening, and coaches cannot go to those. Um, But there are camps like AWP in Fort Wayne where Notre Dame coaches and Ohio State coaches actually work the camp, like they've coached the kids. Uh, Notre Dame got Jalen Smith at that camp a few years ago. Uh, Sound Mind, Sound Body is a good example of this. That's in Detroit and some other places. Last year, Brian Kelly attended it with some other coaches. Urban Meyer was there, Mark D'Antonio, Jim Harbaugh. that camp is, is certainly a, it's a prospect camp to get discovered, but it's, it's not like Notre Dame is discovering you at this camp. It's Miami of Ohio or Toledo are discovering right. you at this camp. And that's, to me, it, that, that is a legitimate, like, why are you banning this? This was good for, good for the kids. Um, if you're a lower-level prospect who's fighting to get noticed and want to show that you improved from your junior season before your senior season... These camps are a great opportunity for that. I don't. I feel like there there was a much better way for the NCAA to deal with this than like just take a machete to it. Yeah. You could have said power five conferences cannot host camps or you know work in conjunction with camps at other schools outside your region. That would have been fine because um, ultimately I think what these kids want to do they just they just want to get exposure. And in the past, other like MAC level coaches had worked Notre Dame's camp in the summer or Division two. And it is worth noting that FCS coaches and lower level coaches can still do these things. That this is only a FBS mandate, um, but I think it probably could have been a Power <laughs> Five mandate and still allow Sunbelt, MAC, WAC schools to get out. Because if it's really about finding the lower level kids and giving
1: them exposure, right, right, make sure right. the lower level <laughs>
2: coaches can find them.
1: I will say, I, <clears throat> excuse me, I think the NCAA is put in a tough situation here, you know, to have to to rule on something mm-hmm. like that. I mean, it, it is the hardball rule. We have the Chase Utley uh, slide rule in in Major League Baseball now and, and uh it's the hardball rule. And why were they My question is, I mean, where where how how are they allowed in the first place? I'm not yeah. talking about the, you know, sound mind sound body yeah. type setup. But how in the world yeah, How yeah. in the world was it okay for you to pick up your entire camp and move it into an area so you could put your program on display. I-
2: yeah,
1: it was a loophole. I mean, it's it's a
2: loophole. It was a small loophole that Jim Harbaugh drove a truck through. Yeah, and that it, now it's going away because nobody cared when Nebraska ran a satellite camp in Northern California. That's not new. That's been going on for a long time. You know, no, nobody cared when Miami Ohio had a camp in Georgia, but everybody cared when it's Jim Harbaugh. And everybody paid attention when that happened. So it's it's disingenuous to say this is a new phenomenon, but I think it's absolutely right to say this is the Harbaugh rule because until Jim Harbaugh did it, nobody cared that this stuff was right. happening. You know, Penn State had done it. So, you know, from, from Notre Dame's perspective, it's kind of a non story, um, because they weren't running satellite camps and it you know, Brian Kelly didn't want to get out and go to these camps anyway. Um, you know, he went to Sound Mind Sound Body last year, but He wasn't one of those guys that was trying to hit every camp
1: and hit every recruiting loophole. How much more can a staff recruit in a year? It is just, it is unbelievable how much work is put into recruiting. And I think
2: that that might be one of the few pluses from the NCAA decision to take a machete to it. Because recruiting doesn't need to be 365 days a year. It is. um, But to remove some of the stuff. And Brian Kelly is is pretty open about this, which I I think is kind of rare, that he's very protective of his staff's time in the month of July because it's really the only time they get a chance to take off. Um, That's kind of when these satellite camps are happening. And just like from a a life perspective, that is not healthy for college football coaches to be out doing this stuff all year long. Uh, I mean, I kind of like the Michigan spring break, Spring practice thing. I think that's kind of cool to do. That's not really hurting anybody. Yeah. Um, nor is it like something that everybody else has to do. But these satellite camps, it's yeah. SEC coaches are real territorial, and everybody else feels like they got to keep up with everybody else. So it's you know it just creates a, a a feedback loop. I think of, of too much work for these coaches. Let's
1: uh, get into Pete some some of the blue gold game uh, recruit visitors that will uh, be in town. Yeah, it's I mean it, it's a very limited list. Um,
2: you know, it's going to be much more about commitments coming up and just sort of keeping that. You know, Brock Wright, Josh Log, guys like that will be in town. Um, if there's a guy to, that's most interesting to watch, it's Noah Curtis. Uh, his American Heritage School, which is down in South Florida, Autry Jensen's territory. Six five two ten. I you know I say this every year. Give me at least one six foot five and up, underweight defensive end. Who then you can grow into somebody over the next five years. Curtis might be one of those guys, um, you know, but certainly not a not a big time national prospect like the other guys Notre Dame's going after. Offers on the table include Kentucky, NC State, North Carolina, Pitt, West Virginia. So that kind of gives you a sense of where his talent level and, is.
1: And an Ade Ugandeji type yes. prospect.
2: Yeah, who was at practice on Saturday, and you can see he's still got a long way to go in the weight room. You know, it's the Bo Wallace, Johnny Williams, Ogun Deje, you know, Curtis could be one of those guys. So does an offer go out there? I think Notre Dame would be in good shape if they get him, uh, but he would be more of a building block in this class opposed to, you know, a headline type prospect. Right. Who else? And, you know, the other guys coming in, Wyatt Blake, Blaine Scott, Malik Van, but it's It's really just... It's more about the committed... Yeah, it's just not going to be a big recruiting weekend. Their junior day was great in terms of the guys they got in from a national perspective back in March. And certainly, you know, they're basically doubled the size of the class uh, with four, four commits in about 72 hours. Excuse me, five commits in about 72 hours. Um
1: this balloon gold weekend is not going to be like yeah. that. So, well, um, I mean, I guess it's a little unfortunate because the weather is going to be great. Yes. I mean, they're they're saying uh, uh, temperatures approaching seventy degrees back in the stadium. I'm interested to see where they where they stick the That'll media here for for this yeah. event.
0: i am um, curious to see what the <clears throat> the
2: dynamics of the stadium. Yeah, look like. we haven't been in there since right. November, uh, and that project has come a
1: long, long way since then. So, it's going to feel. I mean, you're going to feel more closed in than you were. There's there's no doubt about that. And, and I would just, uh, I mean, I know uh, not every fan has an opportunity to come to a game during the fall, ticket availability, price, what have you. It should be a great weekend in South Bend this weekend. So if you're, uh, um, you know, you don't have many opportunities to come see Notre Dame on the field, this will be a great opportunity. So. Yeah, good good weather, bring your kids out. I know that's about the only time my kids come to games is yep, this big game because
2: then they, they can leave whenever they want and feel like it didn't cost them $200. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sounds good, Pete. Good to have you back. And uh, this has been another edition of Iversville Street Insider, and we will, uh, we'll get together with you with some instant analysis on Saturday. It's a big job just getting by with nine kids and a wife.
0: But I've been working, man, dang near all my life, and I'll keep on working long as my two
2: hands are fit to use. Take two.
1: The third and final segment of fi- what is this called? Irish straight Insider.
2: <laughs> Take <laughs>
1: three. The third and final <laughs> <seulement> <laughs> segment. Änd- Come <violently ramble clears> on, <throat>